You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119, Lord, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word tonight. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for the truth that we have in the word of God. May we never get tired of it. Uh, may it never become old hat. May it never become uh, commonplace. Forgive us at times for uh, treating the Bible like we treat another book. I pray that we would recognize tonight that your word is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that you'd speak to us as we examine your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I want you to notice we started last week in verse 153 and we saw the consideration. David asks God, he, he calls out to God in verse 153 and he says, Consider mine affliction. Uh, he says, God, I want you to inspect. I want you to see. I want you to be aware of what's going on. Well, obviously, God knows what we're going through, right? I mean, I think we understand that God is omniscient. He knows everything. Uh, and he's not confused either. And he's not, he's not trying like you and I do. He's not trying to bring it up. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. I just can't think of it. You know, God doesn't have that problem. He's omniscient. And David prays that God would consider his affliction and deliver him. And then he says this, for I do not forget thy law. I want to remind you tonight, when you go through hard times, when you go through affliction, don't forget the word of God. Don't forget the promises of God. Hang on tight and keep on trusting God. Number two, we saw last week, David talks about his cause. He says in verse 154, he says, plead my cause and deliver me, quicken me according to thy word. It's almost as if David is saying, God, I need you to be my attorney. I need you to represent my case and I need you to plead my cause for me. And again, he says, and deliver me. Now, I want to tell you, uh, we sometimes we think there are some problems that we can handle, right? We think we've got it under control. And then there's some things that are a little bit bigger, a little bit tougher, so we'll let God take care of those. But how many of you have found that we need God in the little things and we need Him in the big things? Uh, how many times have you thought you had it all figured out and you realized, oh man, I just made a mess of that. I just made it worse. Uh, I, I thought I had it all figured out and you realize you ain't got nothing figured out and I ain't got nothing figured out. We need the Lord every day. We need him to deliver us. We need him to plead our cause. And then he says again, quicken me. Uh, we find that throughout Psalm 119, uh, verse 154, 156, 159. He says, God, I need you to quicken me according to thy word. Notice with me, we'll pick up this evening, verse 155. David says, salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Now, I'm thankful to say tonight that salvation is for whosoever will. Aren't you glad for that? 
Salvation is not just for a certain group. It's not just for Americans. It's not just for Russians. It's not just for people that live in a certain area or people that have a certain degree or people that have a, a certain uh, social status. Salvation is for anybody. The Bible says this, call ye upon him while he is near. I'm glad that God is close. I'm glad that God is willing to save for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But this verse says salvation is far from the wicked. Here's why. Because they're not looking in the right place. What does it say? They seek not thy statutes. Remember when you were a child, remember you're playing that game where you're supposed to be looking for something and you'll say, am I hot or am I cold, right? And, uh, oh, you're cold. Oh, you're freezing. Oh, oh, you're not even close. And then, oh, you're getting warmer, getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, boy, you're hot. Yeah, yeah, there it is. And, and you, you play that game. Well, I got news for you. If you're looking for salvation apart from the word of God and apart from God, you are freezing cold. You're not even close. You are far away from salvation if you're trying to figure it out on your own. But if you're seeking the Lord, can I tell you, he is near. If you're seeking the Lord, the Bible says that you draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. I love the story of the prodigal son. You know, that prodigal son, does anybody remember uh, off the top of your head and your memory, anybody remember the name of the country where the prodigal son found himself? The Bible says he was in a far country. You know, he was a long way from home. He was a long way from help. He was a long way from salvation. He was eating uh, with the pigs. He was uh, uh, eating with the animals that he was feeding. But you know, he wasn't as far from home as he thought. You know why? Because when he came to himself and when he decided he was going to go back home, something happened. The father was watching the father, the Bible says, he saw him while he was yet afar off and he ran to meet him. Now, let, let's, let's try this. Brother John, would you do me a favor? Would you just stand at the end of that aisle right there, brother? So if Brother John is standing there, I'll be the prodigal son. How's that sound? That makes me younger. <laughs> that sound good? So if I'm the prodigal son and Brother John is the father... So there may be a great distance, but watch this. So I take a step and then you take a step. Oh boy, that distance gets shorter very quickly, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, the distance gets cut in half, right? Take another step, brother. Oh man, we're getting closer. One more step. Now, we're not going to do this for sake of illustration because I don't want John to tackle me. <laughs> but the Bible says the father didn't just walk to meet the son, but he ran you know how quick that happens? I'll tell you how quick. If I'm out in this lobby after church and Micah comes running towards me, I don't have a whole lot of time to get ready before I get nailed, you know? And so the father sees the son afar off and he runs to meet him. Thank you, John. We'll let you sit down. And if we would have rehearsed it, I'd have had you run and uh, show, us, uh, show us your speed. But of course, you know in that story, you know... The prodigal son, that's a picture of us. But that father is a picture of a heavenly father who not only shortens the gap, 
but he comes running to meet those who will draw nigh unto him, those that will come back to him. The Father is waiting and ready with open arms to meet and to embrace that prodigal son. I'm glad that God uh, is close. I'm glad that he is nigh. I'm glad that we can call upon him while he is near. You see, God will not rescue you from your sin. God will not rescue you from yourself if you are not seeking his statutes. If you are not seeking God, God's not going to drag you. By the way, the father didn't come and he didn't drag that boy out of the pig pen while the boy was kicking and screaming and refusing to come. He waited for that young boy to realize his need for the father. And I want to tell you, sometimes God will let us get to the bottom of the barrel so we will look up and realize how much we need the Lord. This is how we get ourselves in trouble in the first place is when we stop seeking the word of God. David says that, we, uh, uh, the, the, that salvation is far from the wicked because they seek not thy statutes. We see number three, the word is closeness. I want you to notice verse 156. David says, great are thy Tender mercies, O Lord, quicken me according to thy, what's that next word? Judgments. Now hang on, verse number 154, he says, quicken me according to thy word. But verse 156, he says, quicken me according to thy judgments. You see, the judgments of God, those are the decisions uh, that would be a, a judgment in a court of law. And here's what David says. I not only need your word, but I need your judgment. You better watch out when you start saying that. Because God is a righteous judge. God is a holy judge. God doesn't make errors in judgment. God is always right. God is always perfect. So think about this. David, number uh, four, where the word is compassion. David says, God, great are your tender mercies. O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgments. He says God's mercy is great. But then he starts talking about God's judgment. Now let's talk for a minute about David. And let's talk about the time that he is in, in the Old Testament. David was a man who was the king of Israel. But David was a man who committed some pretty awful sins. David committed a sin with Bathsheba, and we call that sin the sin of adultery. Can I tell you what the punishment was in the Old Testament law for the sin of adultery? It was to be stoned. It was to be killed. Well, not only did David commit adultery with Bathsheba, but then to cover it up, which he thought he was covering it up. But how many of you know that you can't hide anything from God? You can't, you can't cover stuff up good enough so God can't see it. He knows the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And so David tried to hide it. He tried to cover it up. And so to cover it up, he had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed in battle. You know what that's called? That's called murder. And may I remind you, in the Old Testament, there was not a sacrifice that could be offered to pay the price or to cover the sin of murder. 
You know what the punishment was? Life for life. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And so now David is saying, God, great are your tender mercies. And David is saying, I'm so thankful that I experienced some mercy from God because David's saying, I sure did not deserve it. And by the way, neither do you. And neither do I. That's why it's mercy. It is undeserved favor. It is God not giving us what we deserve. Turn with me to Psalm 51. Again, David, although he was under the law, David knew what it was like to experience God's forgiveness and God's mercy. And praise God for forgiveness. Praise God for mercy because we've got a problem. We've all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We all are in desperate need of mercy. And what the law could not do, can I tell you, God in his mercy came through. Look at Psalm 51, verse number one. David says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Verse two, wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I want to remind you, this is the psalm that David prayed. This is the psalm that David wrote after his sin with Bathsheba. He knew he deserved death. He knew he deserved punishment. But he said, I'm so thankful that I have a God of mercy. I have a God of mercy forgiveness. Notice verse number seven. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Verse number 16. For thou desirest not, what's the word? Sacrifice. You know why? Because there wasn't a sacrifice that could be given to cover the sin that David was guilty of committing. He says, God, I've crossed the line. God, I've gone over and above. I know that you don't desire sacrifice or else I would have given it, he says. I know thou delightest not in burnt offerings, but he says in verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Now hear me out before you start to jump to conclusions. David was not saying, ha ha, I got away with the sin. I'm not getting the punishment I deserve. Ha ha. Oh no, you know what David was saying? God, I'm wicked. And God, I'm unworthy. And God, I deserve your judgment. But he said, God, I'm so thankful that I have been the recipient of your mercy. And can I tell you how God can quicken us according to his judgments? It's when we realize that when we sin, somebody's got to pay for that sin. And here it is. It's either you pay for that sin or you let Jesus pay for that sin. But sin must be paid for. And that's what happened on the cross when Jesus took upon himself the sin of the entire world. Uh, Titus 2.13, uh, Titus 2.12, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. 
Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin. Jesus Christ gave forgiveness and mercy because blood was shed, the sacrifice was made. And so David says, not only does your word bring me quickening, not only does your word uh, bring me life, but he said, your judgment, your justice reminds me of what I have, not because of me, but what I have because of your mercy. Notice verse number 157. We see many are my persecutors, David says, and mine enemies. Yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. Number uh, six, the word is, number five, the word is commitment. David says, my persecutors and mine enemies are many. Yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. You and I, we will have enemies when we live for God. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody's going to pat you on the back because you are a Christian that tries to live for what is right and live for the Lord. You're going to have some opposition, but don't let the opposition keep you from obeying the word of God. David said, I've got a lot of enemies. I got a lot of persecutors. I got a lot of that crowd, but he said, I'm not going to get away from the word of God. Yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. By the way, it doesn't matter who's against you if God is for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Number six, the word we see is the word criminals. It says in verse number 158, and I want you, I want you to think about this. David says, I beheld the transgressors. What is a transgressor? A transgressor is one that uh, transgresses the law or commits sin against the law of God. David says, these, these transgressors, he says, I saw them and I was grieved. Can I tell you, it ought to grieve us. It ought to break our hearts when we see people going against the word of God, going against the way of God. It ought to break our heart when we see somebody that knows better, that's living in sin. It ought to break our hearts when we see people that are backslidden, they get away from God. It ought to break our hearts. By the way, I don't think it's a bad thing, and I think you need to be very careful. I don't believe in, you know, gossip, and I don't believe in, well, what about this? But I think if there's something that is, it's open, it's obvious, I think if, if everybody knows about it, it's not a secret, I don't think it's a bad idea to tell your children when, when they're at the age where they can handle it. I don't think it's a bad idea to say, hey, Lacey, Savannah, this person here, you know this person, you probably heard about what happened. But I want to let you know there are consequences for sin. I don't think it's a bad idea. You see somebody that's on the side of the road and they're handcuffed and who knows what's going on. I don't think it's a bad idea to say, "Uh, girls, that's why we don't break the law. That's why we do what's right. Uh, I, I, I don't take children to the prisons, obviously. You can't do that. But you go to the jails and you go to the prisons and you know what you find? You've got a lot of people who are suffering consequences because of decisions that they made. I think it's important to see it. I think it's important to learn from it. I think it's important to realize that you and I are not better than those people. Except for the grace of God, the roles could be reversed. They could be on the other side of the bars and you and I could be inside. But David said, I beheld the transgressors. I saw these people and I was grieved. I was broken. And here's why they were in the mess they were in. Because they kept not thy word. 
It's not a bad thing for your children to be reminded that sin has consequences. It's not a bad thing for you to be reminded and for me to be reminded that sin has consequences. Say, I've been saved for 30 years. That would never happen to me. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Can I tell you, none of us are exempt. None of us, except for the grace of God, uh, uh, are guaranteed that we're not going to do those things. We could. We all have a sin nature. And there's no limit. As we talked about this morning, there's no limit to how far you'll go when you get away from the word of God. That's what David says, because they kept not thy word. Notice verse 159. David says, consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. The word next is the word number seven, the word commands. David says, consider how I love, does it say thy promises? Is that what the word is? It's not promises. What's the word? It's the word precepts. You know what precepts are? Precepts are laws. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can't say that I love all the laws that we have in our country, right? Anybody in here say, oh, I love all the laws, especially those speed limit laws we talked about this morning. I love those. Yeah, I doubt your hand's being raised. You know why? Those laws were not given to us by a sovereign God as God gave the nation of Israel their laws. God, of course, he doesn't make mistakes in laws that he gives. His judgment and his ways are perfect. But here's the thing. David says, God... I don't just love your promises. I love your precepts. I love your laws. You say, well, 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 Pastor, why would we like rules? Why would we say, I love the rules that God has given me? Well, for a couple of reasons. One is because God doesn't give you rules to hurt you. God gives you rules to help you. God doesn't give you rules to make your life miserable. God gives you and I rules so that our life can be blessed. We've got rules for our children. We, we've got this rule. I know you're going to think we are, so, we are so crazy. But we don't let our children play in the middle of the road. I know that sounds crazy. Like, what? Boy, you're so strict. Boy, you, you're just terrible parents. We don't let our children play in the middle of the road. Why? Because we know how much fun it is and we know how much they want to do it and how much it would better their lives and we want to make them miserable. No. You know why we've got that rule? Because we want to protect them. Did you know when you follow the laws of God, we talked about it this morning, when you follow the moral laws of God that he has given for all people, for all generations, did you know your life is not going to be miserable when you follow God's laws and God's precepts, your life is going to be blessed. You're going to experience joy. You're going to experience some good things in your life if you'll just obey God. You say, but I don't like anybody telling me what to do. Okay? Well, you choose. You want God to tell you what to do? Or you want the old devil to tell you what to do? But somebody's going to tell you what to do. And who do you think's got the, your best interest in mind? I'll promise you it's not the devil. But David says, I love thy precepts. And he says, God, I want you to know how much I love your precepts. Consider it. Uh, quicken me. There's that word quicken again. According to thy loving kindness. 
This time when God prays, when David prays for quickening or for reviving, he says, God, I want you to revive me according to your loving kindness. I'll tell you what will stir your heart and bless you is when you just think about how good God's been in your life. You know what will keep you on track? When you realize God's been so good to me, God's been faithful to me, God's met every need, God's protected me, God's taken care of me, God's guided me every step of the way, and God loves you, and He loves me, and He is kind to us. He gives us loving kindness, and that loving kindness brings quickening. It brings reviving in your life. The last verse I want you to notice for tonight is verse 160, and the word is certainty. If you're taking notes, it would be number eight. The word is certainty. David says, thy word is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. This book, the word of God that I hold in my hand, it is true from the very beginning. It is true from Genesis to Revelation. It is true. It is certain. Uh, we've talked a little bit this evening about some of the laws in our land, some of the laws in our nation. By the way, those laws were set up by men. Those laws are not perfect. By the way, I'm thankful for the laws that we do have. Uh, I promise you the laws in the United States of America are probably a whole lot easier than the laws in Russia. I guarantee you that. But can I say our laws were not established by God. Our laws were established by men. Our laws may change. Our laws may be flawed. Our leaders may be flawed. But aren't you glad that our God makes no mistake? And aren't you glad that as for God, His way is perfect? You can count on it. It says in verse number 160, it says, And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Not only do God's judgments last forever, not only do God's decisions, God's laws, not only do they last forever, but aren't you glad that God's mercy endureth forever? I guarantee you, David was glad for that because David said, I've experienced your mercy. And I'll tell you what, if you've experienced God's mercy, you ought to be thankful that that mercy lasts forever. Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, all right, all right, I'll forgive you. And then he comes back in two weeks and says, you know, about that, about that thing we talked about two weeks ago, you're not forgiven anymore for that. Aren't you glad that God's mercy endureth forever? I'm so glad for a God that does not change. I'm glad for a God who loves us, a God who is merciful, a God who is right, and a God who is perfect. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at thebcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.